Hey, fan bros, this is Tatiana King-Jones. We have an awesome episode up ahead for you. But remember, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. Holla. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, internets? This is Chico Leo here with another Fan Bros special delivery uh, this week. We are in between regular TV seasons, having wrapped up the first half of our discussions about The Walking Dead last week, and this week finds me flying solo through the skies of Brooklyn once again, Uh, and uh, this week I'm going to talk about the uh, Flash-Arrow crossover from last week, which I thought was a resounding success, and I think is the general consensus out there but um crossovers are really hard to do um and they definitely they're doing it with the movies and agent of shield they did it with buffy and angel they've done it with the various law and orders i'm sure there's some other examples um but i thought the flash arrow one was perhaps the most successful it was uh, it was successful in, in pretty much every way. Um, so the cru- crux of the the crossover is probably was based on the fact that uh, it, it embraced the differences between the two shows. And I think the differences are definitely important. Arrow is definitely your grim and gritty superhero show with the tortured hero. Um, who doesn't have superpowers. Um, There's a lot of Batman that you can see in Arrow, although he definitely has his own thing going on for sure. But, you know, he's not a superpower guy. He has gadgets. He uses, you know, technology and detective skills, whereas Flash is a much sunnier show. I feel like most of Arrow takes place at night, uh, you know, the various episodes of Arrow, not just this one. Whereas Flash is definitely sunny. A lot of these wide shots of the city and, and Barry in his costume running through the running running through Central City. And he's sort of bright and um, cheerful, you know, with the wisecracks. Um, one difference, which I don't mind that the show is made from the original DC Comics Barry Allen is in that one, while they've kept the fact that Barry is always late to everything, uh, that one, Barry, is much more the sort of square-jawed, 50s, middle American, whereas this this one has sort of given Barry Allen a little bit of Peter Parker syndrome. He's a nerd. The girl he's into has no idea. Um he, you know, again, with the the wisecracks when he's in the costume, you know, when he's in the costume, he has all kinds of confidence that he doesn't have in real life. Um, and there's also something from Superman that they've taken where the original Superman love triangle was that Clark Kent was in love with Lois Lane and Lois Lane was in love with Superman, um, not knowing that Clark Kent was Superman. And that that had been going on in the first uh, part of the season with Barry and Iris, who there's sort of a stepsister thing going on. So there's a little bit of like, uh, you know, Whitney Houston's daughter and her stepbrother type of callback there that I think most people think is, you know, a little creepy. 
But, um, yeah, so Barry's always been in love with Iris, and Iris has a big crush on the Flash. Barry can't tell Iris that he's the Flash. Um, Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show. But that that love triangle actually ends uh, in this two-parter. So I uh, originally, uh, I had always been uh, a fan of Arrow. Um, I think this season actually has had a, a little more bumps than the previous season. I thought the second season of Arrow, Arrow's in its third season, and I thought the second season was its strongest, and I thought one of, like, a really strong season of TV. It had a really strong through line and storyline. Um, this season has been a little more random with a little more angst in it, and there doesn't, I don't, there doesn't seem to be an overarching storyline like there was last year with Brother Blood and Deathstroke um, and and everything else. The Mirakuru, um, there, there were there was a lot a lot stronger through line. One of the things that separates Arrow and one of the things that I like a lot about it, um, it does what Lost did. Where or it used to do a little more, you know, a lot of the lost episodes where half the episode would be on the island and a half would be a flashback of a different character. Well, the first, well, even up till now, the uh, the show has been half taking place or maybe three quarters taking place in the. Well, it's been yeah. In the first two seasons, it was more like fifty percent took place in the present day, and then fifty percent took place in the past on the island and on the freighter, giving you really, really, really rich details of Oliver Queen's backstory and how he became the Arrow. And usually the two stories, just like on Lost, there was some thematic uh, link. Um, This present season of Arrow, the flashbacks are continuing, although they're a little shorter and um, not not as... They're not as upfront or in your face as the... uh, as they were in the previous two seasons. And at this point in the flashbacks, Oliver Queen has gotten off the island um, and he's gotten off the freighter that he was uh, trapped on after the island. And now he's actually working against his will for Amanda Waller, um, who has been a, a character of, of much uh, much debate and, and might, in fact, uh, be played by Oprah Winfrey in the suicide, upcoming Suicide Squad movie. That's apparently a lot of people's first choice. Anyway, Amanda Waller is a crafty, nefarious um, age, you know, agent, super soldier agent or agent in charge of, uh, you know, a, a clandestine force. Um and she's basically got Ollie in the past doing her dirty work. Um, but yeah, back to the Flash First Arrow uh, crossover. Um, that was that was a little bit of a of a of a background on Arrow. If if you haven't been watching it, um, Flash is in its first season, um, and I believe the pilot had the um, had the strongest premiere for CW to date. Um, I was a little iffy on the show in the first couple of episodes, but I think it was the Captain Cold episode that really solidified it for me, and it has been pretty solid since then. Um, uh, Barry Allen is the Flash, and uh, he's played by Grant Gustin, who I think is doing a great job. In the, uh, the first couple of episodes, I wasn't so sure. He seemed sort of nebbishy, 
um, a little Herbie, but uh, I'm really into him. I really I'm I, I'm enjoying his version of the Flash, and um, he was struck by lightning uh, from a cataclysmic event that took place actually in Arrow last season, and that event turned him as well as a lot of other people in Central City into metahumans and gave them superpowers. So most of the people that Barry has faced actually got their powers uh, from the same lightning that struck the chemicals in Barry's studio that turned him into uh, the Flash. Um, and they've they've been um, mostly, I think, uh, except for one or two, I think have been you know traditional DC Flash villains. Um, in this episode, or, or in and, and actually this two-parter, the two villains were both uh, the uh, were both flat from the Flash Rogues Gallery. Um, in the Flash episode, which is titled Flash vs. Arrow, uh, Barry went up against the Rainbow Raider, um, who actually uh, Cisco, who gets to who for some reason is gets the uh, honor of naming all of. Uh, Barry's villains uh, names him Prism, but Caitlin, uh, one of Barry's other sidekicks slash helpers at Star Labs, uh, dubs him Rainbow Raider, which is in fact the actual DC villain that uh, that he is. Um, there is, I think, there is another DC character named Prism. Um, so yeah, so Flash has people helping him. Uh, just as Arrow does, and just as the reflection, the show, ref- you know, uh, the shows are different in tone. Cisco and Caitlin are definitely a-, a little bit lighter than Diggle or Roy or any um, or or Felicity. All all those people have a little more baggage. I'm sure as we get to know Cisco and Caitlin and the dude in the wheelchair, the Doctor, who we we know has a lot of baggage. Um, he's in a wheelchair, but we've seen him stand up, but in general, they're all much sunnier. Um, I use that, I'm using that phrase, um, but they're, they're not as dark and navel gazy as the, uh, as arrows helpers are. So, um, Barry gets the quote unquote whammy put on him by the rainbow Raider, which, um, turns him kind of psycho. And that was definitely fun to see because we got to see him enraged go up in in a fight against uh, Green Arrow. And um, that was really shot really well and kind of reminded me a little bit of sort of, uh, you know, I guess Batman and Superman have probably gone up against each other a bunch of times. But it reminded me of the Batman-Superman fight in The Dark Knight in the sense that Ollie, Oliver or Arrow had to, you know, he's just a normal guy and he had to use sort of, you know, his cleverness and underhanded, you know, things to beat the superpower guy. And, um, you know, at one point Ollie shoots a flash full of uh, an arrow full of elephant tranquilizer and we get to see flash vibrate the tranquilizer out of him. I love when they, when they do all the, you know, show him using his super speed in ways other than just running fast, you know, like the way he disguises his voice or the things like the vibrating, the poison out of him. Um, also of course the super, the super speed punching. I'm not sure if this is the first time we've seen that on the show, but that's definitely a classic flash thing where he punches someone like a thousand times a second. 
Um, so all that was really cool. And um, the two teams were able to figure out that Barry had had the whammy put on him and they were able to use um, color, colored lights, flashing colored lights in a specific pattern to undo the Rainbow Raiders um, whammy, as they as they referred to it. Um, you know, there was some character stuff. Iris has a crush on... Um, Oliver Queen, uh, Diggle doesn't, you know, seems to be all stuttery and not know what to say when he sees Barry use his powers. I would have thought that that dude being uh, a secret agent and kind of seen it all, um, he's worked with Argus, he's worked with the Suicide Squad, but he was pretty floored by um, his first encounter with the Flash. Anyway, that was all's well that ends well. Um, Oliver Queen and company, the reason they came to Central City from Starling City was to investigate uh, a boomerang from a villain that we or anyone who follow, you know, knows the comics knew was Captain Boomerang. Um, and that got dealt with in the second half of the crossover, which was the Arrow episode, which was called Brave and the Bold which was both obviously a nod to DC's really long-running team-up series that started out just teaming up two different DC characters, but then became pretty quickly teaming up Batman and another character because Batman was their most popular character. As anyone who was a Marvel fan in the 70s and 80s knows, Marvel did the same thing with Marvel team-up every month that was, you know, a team-up of Spider-Man and another character. Um... That got so ridiculous that at one point, actually, Spider-Man teamed up with the not-ready-for-primetime players from Saturday Night Live. Um, but I digress. Uh, so the the other reference of Brave and the Bold, I think, is that um, Ollie is bold and Barry is brave. So the Flash is the brave one and Arrow is the bold one. Anyway, um, Captain Boomerang, a former Suicide Squad member... Uh, has it out for Lila, who's Diggle's uh, the uh, baby mama, but but not his wife, as they say several times in the episode. Um, I'm assuming they're probably going to get married at some point. Um, I think he even does propose to her in that episode. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Nick Taraday, who played uh, Captain Boomerang. I don't know if they actually name him or call him Captain Boomerang, but... Um, he was on Spartacus, which several other uh, important uh, people from uh, from the Arrow universe have uh, have come from. Um, Manu Bennett, who played Deathstroke, was on uh, Spartacus. Uh, he played Crixus, and uh, the woman whose name is blanking me uh, is I'm blanking on right now, who um, plays Talia Al Ghul. Uh, she was actually on Spartacus and now Nick Taraday. If you haven't seen Spartacus, I think it's definitely the most epic TV show short of maybe Game of Thrones, but um, the best sword and sandals if you like that stuff. And I actually think in the subtext, um, the first season is actually the best show about a about a sports team. Um the uh, the gladiators being the sports team and there's an owner and there's a coach and there's a a fading superstar and a rising superstar and a lot of the things that you would see a lot of the tropes you'd see in a sports thing except people are stabbing each other and disemboweling each other 
And um, Spartacus really came out of nowhere. Um, it looked in the beginning like it was just going to be a 300 ripoff um, and turned out to be uh, something a, a lot more. So if, uh, if that's your thing um, or you think that might interest you, I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, the first couple of episodes are a little rough because you could tell they're really sort of leaning on the 300 um, visual uh, language. But once it gets into telling its story, it's pretty fantastic. Um, but anyway, so uh, Nick uh, uh, Tarabay plays Captain Boomerang. And um, he's a former Suicide Squad soldier who uh, wants to kill Lila. And frankly, the deal the Suicide Squad gets is one where they, they have bombs implanted in their head and they're sent on suicide missions. And uh, their sentences get reduced, but they're sent on repeated missions and their chances of survival are low. Um, there was a mission that they got sent on where all the bombs were blown up. His bomb malfunctioned, and now he wants his revenge. Um, so this, of course, brings everyone um, every, everyone into it because this is Diggle's lady. And um, I thought, I've, now normally uh, Captain Boomerang is associated with the Flash universe, but I thought it was a, I thought it worked well. The Boomerang versus Arrow, and. Um, in general, uh, you know, there was a lot of Flash stuff in Arrow and there was a lot of Arrow stuff in Flash. Normally in these crossovers, there's like one scene or two scenes. And um, the, it wor they worked really well as two self-contained episodes and really well as a two-parter. Um, I definitely give the CW a lot of props. Um, I thought this worked as well as it could have. And I, I would give the crossover an A and maybe the individual episodes an A minus. Um, we didn't get to see really see much of Thea, Thea Queen, Oliver Queen's sister, who's now being secretly trained by um, her father, who is in the League of Assassins. Um, it turned out that she and Ollie don't have the same father, so they're actually half brother and sister. Um, Ollie doesn't know that she's training with the League of Assassins. And I think there's going to be more uh, upcoming on the show dealing with that. Um, one other thing, in at the end of The Flash, we saw a character. Now, I wasn't sure who that was. Uh, Barry had made a um, reference to Ronnie Raymond, uh, who's Kate, who was Caitlin's boyfriend or fiancé or husband, who now I think he's been referenced before, but everyone thinks he's dead. Um Anyone who reads DC Comics knows that Ronnie Raymond is Firestorm. At the end of the Flash episode, there was sort of a coda, and we saw a guy with flaming hands, um, some some guys try and rob him, and uh, it goes very poorly for them. Now, I didn't know if that was supposed to be Ronnie Raymond Firestorm or maybe Heat Wave, who's another Flash villain um, who often teams up with Captain Cold. Um, and actually Flash's rogues gallery, I guess like Batman's and Spider-Man's often team up to defeat the Flash. Um, Flash also has one of the goofier, uh, rogues galleries. And so none of the things that you're seeing on TV, with the exception of maybe Captain Cold, who was the coolest looking of the, uh, of the Flash villains in the comic, none of them look like they do in the comic. I mean, Captain Boomerang looks ridiculous, um, 
One other thing in the comic, Captain uh, Captain Boomerang's Australian. I don't know if Nick uh, Tarabay was even trying to do an Australian accent. He plays a Syrian dude on Spartacus. That's the other thing. Spartacus had a really great, diverse cast. Um, and uh, Nick Nick uh, Tarabay played a Syrian character. Um, well, if he was trying to be Australian, it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty bad effort. But Digger Harkness, who's Captain Boomerang, is Australian. And it is interesting to note, uh, Deathstroke was Australian. The only villains that uh, Oliver Queen Arrow seems to have incarcerated in his own uh, personal prison on the island uh, are Australians. I don't know if that's just a coincidence or if uh, Australian characters. Um, so each each group has their, you know, got to see each other's respective you know, Flash Cave and Arrow Cave, and even got to see each other's uh, respective prisons, or at least uh, Ollie and company got to see the prison in Star Labs. I'm assuming this is going to become a yearly thing. They're going to do this once a year. Maybe they'll do it around Christmas time. There were a couple of references in the show. Um, Felicity made a Hanukkah reference, and uh, Iris, when she's in the car with her with her boyfriend, who nobody likes. Um uh you know i don't and and you know why why would she like him um she makes a christmas reference so i'm just guessing that there's going to be um you know around christmas time every year maybe you know november sweeps we'll see a flash arrow crossover um you know there's more more shows coming to the cw um I believe the w and cw references Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, I believe, co-owns the CW Network, and Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. So in the same way that Disney, uh, that Disney owns both Marvel and ABC TV, and they have that pipeline there, we'll, we'll be seeing more. I know there's a Supergirl show, um, so maybe we'll be seeing, you know, m- many multiple crossovers. But anyway, um, I thought that uh, that as crossovers go, this is could have been the best one I've seen on TV. If you're not caught up on these shows, um, I definitely recommend them. Arrow um, it seems to be stumbling slightly this season, but it's coming off a fantastic season with its second season. Its first two seasons are on Netflix. Flash uh, is doing really nicely. Um, there's some really, really great special effects going on on Flash, the the likes of which I I haven't really seen on TV. You're used to seeing stuff of that level in the movies, but uh, it's really amazing to see every week, um, you know, him running through the city Um, and and all the other Flash effects, you know, running up buildings and making whirlwinds and all that. Um, But yeah, so if you want to see Ollie using trick arrows against the Flash and the Flash, you know, pulling a lot of his... um, you know, uh, tricks out of, out of, out of his bag. Uh, this was that, uh, it definitely leaned a little on the, when they have two heroes fight, uh, there's a trope going back to, you know, mirror, mirror in the original Star Trek series where one of the heroes needs to be brainwashed or in the Pon Far episode of, of the original episode of original Star Trek where Spock is going through his mating, you know, psychosis, um, and so they definitely, uh, needed to come up with something to make Flash, you know, crazy or angry in order for Flash and, um, 
you know, Arrow to fight. Um, the Arrow having three seasons or being in halfway through its third season, you know, uh, the show sort of acted as a big brother. And I feel like Ollie is, uh, you know, sort of acting like a big brother to, um, to Barry, uh, both on matters, superhero matters and of the heart. He is the one who he really tells Barry it's never going to work with Iris when you're, you know, risking your life. You know, people can get to you through her. And so Barry does as the Flash, you know, says to Iris, you know, this is the last time you're going to see me or the last time we're going to meet. Um, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but uh, yeah. So as superhero stuff goes, as crossovers go, this was great. Um, one other thing, when we put a call out there looking for sh- uh, suggestions on shows that are on right now for us to cover, a couple of people suggested Black Mirror, which is currently on Netflix. Yo, I can't echo enough um, those people's recommendations. I um, la- uh, Saturday night... Um, uh, Geek's Old Brother and Black Girl Nerds and a bunch of people were uh, live tweeting Snowpiercer, which is a movie that um, I've seen already. I've seen twice now and I really liked and I've been bigging up. And I meant to watch Snowpiercer and to live tweet with everyone, but I started watching Black Mirror and just got totally caught up and completely forgot. My phone was charging across the room. I just forgot and I watched the entire first season of Black Mirror uh, Saturday night. So uh, Black Mirror, each season, there's two seasons on Netflix. Each season is three episodes, but I thought they were really fantastic. Um, a lot of the comparisons people are making are that it's like The Twilight Zone. It's like The Twilight Zone in that it's an anthology show. Each episode is a standalone story. But each episode is is at least an hour, um, unlike the Twilight Zone, which were you know twenty eight minutes or or whatever. Um, the uh, the thing that I would compare it most to, actually, to be honest, is Fearless Future. Fearless Future was uh, a series of web comics that ran on Fambros that are still on Fambros that you can check out that were really really great by. A diverse group of creators and um, the editor, Chris Robinson, who uh, put that together, has uh, put out a print edition and you should really, really check that out. Um, I've seen it. It looks great. And um, there's a similar vibe in Fearless Future and Black Mirror. So anyone out there who uh, checks out Black Mirror and likes it should definitely look for Fearless Future. It's on your comic book shelves. Um, I assume there's a website that you can order the comic from. Uh, just Google it or go to fanbros.com and check out the uh, Fearless Future um, webisodes. Not not webisodes, but individual stories. Um, anyway, Black Mirror is really great. It's on Netflix. It's British. Um, and there's a vibe on the show of, um, it's, it's, it's near future, but they're really, it's really commenting on, um, things that are going on today. Um, and I think the same there, the same could be said for a lot of the fearless future stories. Um, I haven't seen the second season yet. I'm looking forward to it. 
but that's highly recommended. So, yeah, lately things have really been uh, humming. You know, the this Walking Dead season was uh, was pretty great with uh, a couple of episodes that were, you know, slightly sub-great. But, uh, and uh, Black Mirror is really um, something worth checking out. So, um, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, stay safe and uh, live long and prosper. <laughs>